truth, perspective, and growth. This is the Michael Carroll Discipleship Podcast. We have to compete with everything else that is going on because the, I mean, honestly, you know, when you think about it, like, where are we devoting our time to? What are we worshiping? What are we giving the most precious hours of our day? That's really where it's going to come down to. And I think once you eliminate the noise, the whisper of the, of, of the Lord's voice, it comes through clear as day. Well, I'm so excited to have a good friend of mine from all the way to the from the West Coast, California, my friend Akande Davis. Some of you know him as Davis Absolute. I know him as both. Done some music with him, but uh, more importantly than any of this, this is a good brother in Christ. Uh, love Appreciate you, man. Yeah, love you, man. Love your heart. Love your family, bro. Uh, um, so glad that you're with us today, man. Uh, Akande, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and what you're, what you're up to right now. Yeah, man. Well, um, as you kind of mentioned, music ministry has been a big part of my life for a while. Um, so I've been doing that for, I don't know, it's been been like six years now. It's kind of crazy how, how time mm-hmm. flies. But God's been really working on my heart in that arena and trying to give people something really positive in the midst of so much negativity. Um, and recently, I decided buckle down and try and find ways to empower working professionals with generating more than one type of income. And it came at a unique time because I had this idea on my heart for a while that so many working professionals out there really need, I don't know, a way to live a life that's sustainable and debt-free. And I think those are really rooted in principles of Christ. And then the quarantine happened and then remote was like the only option or people were getting laid off. So, um, but yeah, man, just been busy with work, life and ministry. It's been awesome. Yeah, that's good. And I I know exactly what you mean, because uh, a lot of people have been forced to look at their life like, oh, man, you know, I some people who work at a a building no longer can work. Well, what if Mm -hmm. this happens again and just changes your whole philosophy on 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 life in general? Uh, I love that you said it's uh, rooted in principles of Christ, because I just want to kind of dive in on that topic. Uh, You are have always been an entrepreneur from from my perspective. You've always been just hustling, man, making new things up and doing things that no one else has done before. And I feel like that's kind of just been a trademark of your brand of who you are, not only as an artist, but just as a person in general. Um, How important do you think uh, thinking in this way of being an entrepreneur? and and working from a, a portable platform is important in the days that we're in. Also, maybe making income on your own. Do you think that maybe this would help us be mobilized for ministry? Is this something that you think uh, more Christians should be willing to kind of embrace? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, what's funny is when I started having, when God put this idea on my heart, because I've been thinking about really a tangible way that I could provide for my family and leverage just financially so we didn't have a ton of the pressure that you know people are going to have and you know with having kids having a, a wife that stays at home and this really just hit home for me because I was like okay if I could be in a situation where I could do my work from home and I'm able to have more financial freedom that opens up the door to spend time with my family raise my children yeah, in the right way yeah. help my wife and what happened with the quarantine not only did it kind of shift the focus to that but it also opened up this new avenue for ministries and churches yeah. and evangelists to say, whoa, what happens when the platform that we've been building up, which is the physical location of the church, is no longer accessible? And a lot of people, praise God, um, led by the Holy Spirit, were able to pivot very quickly yeah. and utilize some of the things that I've been 
sort of preaching for years around yeah. live streaming your events, um, uh, engaging with people on social media, setting up forums outside of your your physical church building to have discussions, um, setting up email newsletters, things that have always kind of been the crux of this idea and this you know way moving forward have really kind of brought themselves into the church full focus. And I yeah. see her kind of flourishing under this. And in yeah. a crazy way, I think we're experiencing a challenge, but also a revival. So, so yeah, man, the worship has just been something I think has been a bug that bit me since I was a kid. And the more that I've gotten older, God's kind of revealed different ways where I could leverage what I've learned, my failures and my successes to in some way, either empower other Christians or even other non-Christians and give them an incredible philosophy to life and finances yeah, and, you know, apply that to the church as well. So it's been awesome, man. And, and God's really been blessed. And this quarantine for all the negative that's come out of it, I think this is a big positive. Yeah. And I think uh, I, that's why I was excited to talk to you because I do know just my, from my personal experience with you, um, you're, you're, you've kind of been ahead of the curve in some ways as far as, uh, you know, how the church moves as far as technologically and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I was excited to kind of get your input. A lot of our conversations have been more focused on uh, not just the spiritual end, but, you know, how do we, you know, do community better? And I think what you're talking about is, is, is you have the same heart to do community. You have the same heart to uh, better be equipped to uh, bring the gospel to the world and also be in relationship with God. But there's certain tools that we have that we can better use to do mm -hmm. these things. For example, I, I, I had uh, quite a few people who I got to connect with over the past couple weeks, just being a pastor at my church. And, um, I, and if I could be real honest and vulnerable right now, I wasn't connecting with these people as much as I am now. And mm. the, I think the reason being is I always told myself, well, I just don't have time to go do a coffee. I don't have time yeah. to go drive yeah. through Tampa traffic and, and sit with you for an hour and then drive through Tampa traffic again. That takes three, four hours out of my day. But yeah. I've had time to set... 15 to 20 minutes aside, call this person, pray with them and, and mm. have a meaningful conversation or hop yeah. on a zoom or whatever. And this is technology that we had way before COVID-19, you know, For zoom's sure. been For around, sure. FaceTime's been around all of these things. So I think the church has not uh, just discovered new things. I think that they're realizing that we had resources, tools, and mm. gifts given to us by God already. Have yeah. we been using the things that we have to the best benefit of pastoring people, doing community, oh, yeah. all of those things. What do you think about that? Absolutely, man. And you know, you know, to kind of piggyback off of that, the first thing that came to mind when you started talking about these tools available, I mean, or creating community outside of just that physical location where you meet maybe once a week or twice a week during uh, during the week, like this podcast, for example, this is building a community. A community yeah. is engaged and tuned into this. Like you were saying with Zoom, you know, being able to connect with people. Um, we get it right in business. A lot of times we get it right in commerce. Um, you know, I hate to say it, but it's true. The devil gets it right before we do oftentimes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how is he how is he leveraging technology in a way that the church isn't to, yeah. to lead people in the opposite direction? And I mean when we think about like what the church is doing, I think we have to be aggressive and inquisitive and mm -hmm. innovative at all points in time. And whether that's yeah. with the way we do business, the way we do community, the way we do ministry, um, you know, the way that we do uh, ministries, even involving healing or um, like if you need to provide uh, telecommunication health services, whether it's across the globe, whether it's down, down the street, I mean, we really have to, 
take each, uh, how do I say this, each obstacle and take it as an opportunity to learn and grow. And yeah, again, like this is a tough time, but like you're saying, you are now opened up and probably are connecting with more people in your church, in your community, and giving them encouragement in one of their toughest times, whereas you might not have been positioned to do so had this been another type of situation. So yeah. it's pretty awesome to see. And, you know, well, it's not, it's all that the church is responding in such aggressive and innovative way. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And I think uh, there was always kind of, it seemed like about 20 years ago, although I really wasn't living for the Lord 20 years ago, but this is just me kind of understanding the history of the church. It seems like there was kind of a pushback on technology. You know, churches mm-hmm. were starting to have fog machines and putting in lights and screens, and then the older yep. generation has never seen this before. Mm-hmm. And they see how the enemy's using media, so they just label media in general as the enemy. Yeah. You know, oh, and, and so now I feel like maybe this media is seen in a different way, in a different light, and there's good mm-hmm. that can come from it. And like you said, it's been highlighted as 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 dark and evil because it's true that in the enemy has used media as a way to massively influence people, but that shows you that it's a good tool to influence people. So what about a Absolutely. way a way to show and inspire the gospel message, bringing hope, bringing light through these avenues? And I think a lot of people in the church who may have been resistant before, and this isn't mm-hmm. really so much of the larger progressive churches. I feel like they've already kind of been in this lane, but there's smaller mm-hmm. churches who've never live streamed before. There's exactly. there's, uh, there's more you know community driven, smaller, uh, more traditional churches who've been forced to do what we're doing right now, and and maybe uh, they're seeing that it's not as dark as maybe you thought it was. And maybe there's some mm-hmm. good that can come from it if it's used in the right way and for the benefit and the glory of, you know, God's kingdom, his church, his, his purposes. So, uh, I would agree with you. I echo your thought, man. I think it's been amazing. Um, in your own personal journey, kind of, you know, being a entrepreneur, uh, you know, a husband, um, an artist, what are some ways that you've been forced to kind of maybe uh, adjust your own personal uh, spiritual rhythm, your spiritual disciplines? Has, has that changed at all for you? Yeah, I mean, I think when any sort of big life event happens, kind of changes happen. And looking at my journey from being a single guy who found Christ to uh, a guy who was engaged, to a husband, to a father, which all happened pretty quickly, you know? Yeah, it did. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, did, we wasted no time, you know? Right, as soon yeah, as we right got to married, it. Yeah, we had our kid. And, um, and in like the, the, the capacity and the way that you engage with Christ and the way that Christ reveals himself through things like marriage, for example, I mean, becoming married, uh, becoming a married man and having a wife and having somebody who the Bible talks about is like the church to Christ, you know, and is the backbone and we should love them as Christ loves us. Whoa. You know, when you start being selfish or hypocritical or attacking or judgmental, you kind of get this new perspective on your role in this relationship, you know, and vice versa um, as well. And then when you have children, it's a whole new thing. And, and obviously the things that you might've done before, you have to find new ways to connect with God. You know, like my wife and I, we would go to Bible study once or twice a week as a couple, and we could be there as a couple, but now we have to really nail down our daily devotions and carve out that time, that 20 minutes after the kids go to bed to sit down and read a chapter of the Bible or read through some devotional material that we're working on. And 
yeah, in each stage, you just experience spiritual growth in a new way. And I'm sure that you could relate. But when when I became a husband, it gave me that perspective of Christ to the church and how Christ loves his church and treats his church and how he wants that love reciprocated and, and the important role that they play. And then becoming a father, I saw Christ um, or I saw God the Father moving in my life in a way of I want to lead. I want to um, guide. But at the same time, we do have to discipline and reprimand where it's necessary. But also, you know, like that relationship and that dynamic is is incredible and it's revealed piece by piece, you know, I think in the way that we can handle it. Um, yeah. And then, of course, good. just through work and life and finances and um, and moving to a new state, which we moved, as you know, we went from Arizona to California. Yeah. Man, just so much life and so much spiritual growth and so much learning. You know, I think God really reveals himself through trials as well as blessings and we've had a lot of both so it's been it's been incredible man that's great man it's good to hear and i know you have uh you you've been on a journey being a father not there yet uh i think god wanted me to become a you might husband. have a, a quarantine ahead. baby i don't you know well, it's, it's... Well, <laughs> i'm gonna move past that one but all i know is <laughs> all, I, all i know is you know god has even just being a husband has caused me to adjust um and and to echo your thought man uh life changes have always seemed to have two responses in my own personal journey it's either pushed me further away from god or closer to god mm-hmm. and it's depending on the response like when life shifts uh you don't nothing just stays the same right For sure. and so it's it's do you do you follow the shift and i think that we're in a shift right now not just in the church but in the world in general but the oh, yeah. wor- the world in the early in the first century was in a shift you know the roman empire was was at its peak and then you know and then it comes to, to its crumbling fall and and mm-hmm. and how does how did the church adapt to that you know how did mm-hmm. the church adapt to the oppression of uh the empires that they were under you know even when Jesus walked the earth and so uh i think we've we've uh, my my personal take is uh, the church has been forced to really realistically look at the world we're even real uh, living in right now, and and evaluate what are we doing that's good, what are we doing mm-hmm. that's not good, what can we pick up, what can we put down, uh, and I think all of this is really healthy stuff. You know, I think uh, and to to be to be clear, uh, we don't believe that God has His hand on making these things happen to us. You know, mm-hmm. uh, this is not God's will or his plan or his desire, but he desires to bring healing and redemption to this world. But the healing and redemption of this world that this world so desperately needs is only going to come when the church is activated in operating in the way it was designed to operate. And that's mm-hmm. being people who are close to God, abiding in him so that his spirit, his presence can flow from them out into mm-hmm. the world. And so, we can fill all the buildings we want. We can do all of the events we want. We could do all of these things we want. But if his church, his people aren't abiding in him, then the healing this world needs, the redemption this world needs, and, and the light that this world so desperately needs to be impacted by is not going to be there. And mm-hmm. so it is our our role, our duty to look at the landscape that we're in right now, which is the culture that we're in, and to navigate it as best as we can to not only be abiding in Christ in our time uh, throughout and even throughout our, our, our day of being aware of his presence, but also ultimately how is this light on display for the world and are we using everything that is in front of us to do it. We don't have to look exactly the same as the Acts church. And I think people are like, mm-hmm. well, let's go back 
back to the first century and be just like them, but we're not in the first century. Let's mm-hmm. take the principles of what we see on display in the first century, but let's use those principles in the 21st century, in the time that we're in now. And let's we mm-hmm. can learn from the Acts Church by the devotion they had for one another, the community that they had for one another, the love for each other in the spirit, all of that stuff we def- desperately need to get back to. But we we don't have to look the same, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, we we are in a different culture, and I think uh, the beauty of what's going on uh, in like you were talking about in the beginning is that we are getting the opportunity to take a fresh look at ourselves mm-hmm. and see are we navigating the landscape that we are in the best that we can and being mission driven towards you know reaching people with the gospel. So Absolutely. love. Love, man. Love uh, everything that you're talking about. Um, and, I, and I know these are conversations that me and you have even when we're not recording. So uh, appreciate that. So let's say let's say we're listening to somebody or someone's listening to the show right now and they don't know a whole lot about, you know, spiritual growth. They don't know a whole lot about maybe connecting uh, from your perspective, just as as a, as a father. Uh, as a husband, as a Christian, what are some ways that you, I've asked everybody this question, what are some ways you would encourage somebody to to start to grow spiritually? What would be some things, just maybe one or two things you would tell them to start with? You know, on a very practical level, this is probably something that I've seen the most spiritual growth with is um, to, if you're not already doing this, to get a book, um, like just a notebook or something and write down every day prayer requests and blessings every single day, write down and then pray over them and thank God. And even if you're struggling with faith, even if you're struggling with that concept, do it every single day. And what has happened in our life is that God will start to answer prayer requests or we'll get the answer that we weren't expecting. And we'll be able to see really the blessings that he's working in our lives. And sometimes we take things for granted, whether it's our health, whether it's our housing, whether it's our job, which a lot of people you know, in in the U.S. especially, things were booming. Wow, our, my job is secure. And then something out of left field that is uncontrollable removes it. I think once we start to acknowledge our blessings, we have a new perspective on where God is at in our life. Um, That's good. You know, and if you're if you're struggling to grow your faith, find pastors and videos online that you can watch during your quarantine. That would be another practical thing: is to just get as much of the good godly content as you can. And on another practical level, this is something that really hit home for me. Um, Maybe God, well, and I'm not even a maybe, God is calling you right now, but maybe your senses have been dulled by the media that you're consuming. So this isn't to take a shot at anybody or put anyone in a a weird situation. I don't want to make people feel bad. But the truth is, if, if during this quarantine, you have a lot of free time and you're watching Game of Thrones and all these other incredibly violent and sexualized shows, you know, just being on a real practical level, it's going to be hard to hear the voice of God when he has to compete with everything else that is going on because the, so good. I mean, honestly, you know, when you think about it, like where are we devoting our time to, what are we worshiping? What are we giving the most precious hours of our day? So good. That's really where it's going to come down to. And I think once you eliminate the noise, the whisper of the, of, of the Lord's voice, it comes through clear as day. Um, so at a very practical level, that's what I would recommend writing down those prayer requests and blessings, watching sermons. Um, even if it's just one a day, sermons aren't usually that long, you know, 40 minutes is nothing of your time and turning down that noise so you can hear the voice of the Lord. I think you'll be really blown away by that. 
I'm so glad that you said that. And that is, that is I, I echo all of that. That's practical, real biblical advice right there. And I think the one thing that we do need to adjust, and I'm going to add my perspective on that with you, is is we have kind of microwaved everything in our society. We make mm. everything short and quick. We mm-hmm. like we like to not wait in line. We don't want to, you know, put a whole lot of time into stuff. And so, you know, even our devotionals get quick and our, mm-hmm. you know, we want to do something real quick, give her a little, you know, five minutes to God and, and then kind of move on and then just be in the world all day, mm-hmm. you know, and then mm-hmm. I'm going to maybe in the next morning and we're like, whoa, where's the growth coming from? And let's, let's, let's pull back all the way to the people of Israel who they didn't do everything right. We know that. But the philosophy of Jewish thought was always God was everything. They meditated on his word all day. They they meditated on the promises of God all day. They evoked his presence everywhere they went. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and their thought and philosophy was that God is present everywhere with us. And so I think... Well, and if, if I could jump in there real quick too, like this is something I've actually been studying a little bit as well, where when Ezra and Nehemiah were rebuilding like Israel and rebuilding the temple, the Samaritans wanted to contribute, mm-hmm. but they said no, because we don't want any of your pagan gods. We don't want any of your influence. We want to do this the right way yeah. to worship God correctly. So, you know, and that kind of led to legalism down the line and led to them being sure. a little bit bitter towards the Samaritans. But I mean, they were so adamant, kind of what you're saying is like, Hey, this we've been cursed. You know, we've experienced the consequences of dissenting from God. We don't want any outside influence. Right. And if you could take a microcosm of that in your life and just be like, hey, I don't, you know, I I got enough of the world to deal with. I don't want to, you know, like you're saying, spend any more time in it. Yeah. Uh, I think that'll make a huge difference. I'm sorry to cut you off, but that just rang true to me. Yeah, no, it's true. You didn't cut me off at all. And and so, and so I think what we're saying right now is, is what Ezra and Nehemiah didn't have, and that was the return of the Lord, although that's what they were rebuilding the temple for, was so that God would return, and so mm-hmm. that they would be freed from the oppressors of, of the empires that they were under at the time, but God never did return the way they thought he was going to return. His mm-hmm. presence never did fill the temple like it once was in Solomon's temple, mm-hmm. but he did return, and that mm-hmm. was in the body of Jesus, and so yeah. Jesus was the return of Israel, and so if we can look into Ezra and Nehemiah and become Ezra and Nehemiah maybe 2.0, because because we have the Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> yeah. We have Jesus. And so he did return for us. He mm-hmm. is, and he uh, He returned for the world, I should say, but we have God with us now. And so his yeah. spirit inhabits us. So th- th- the thing that's crazy is that we have this such this precious gift of God's presence that is in us, that is around us, and these promises that we have, and we live as if he's not there. And oh, yeah. it, it would be like taking your iPad into the temple and just scrolling it all day in God's presence, as if like, <laughs> you, you, that would be the most that's absurd real. thing that anybody ever saw ever, yeah, right? Yeah, but, but that's we what we do every single day because we are the temple of God. But do we? Hang act on, hang on. Live? I, I got to play this fruit ninja real quick. I'm almost, <laughs> I'm almost hit my high score. <laughs> In the presence of God, you know. And for I'm not real, saying we real. have to be holy and holy and float around on on clouds. But we are carriers of something mm-hmm. that is holy. We are carriers of something that is magnificent and powerful. And I'm sorry, but it, it burns in me sometimes when I see the the culture of a church who doesn't care and they're mm-hmm. complacent of what we've been given through Jesus. And mm-hmm. and I think the Jewish people would look at us and think, 
what is this? You know, yeah. like, w- w- this is how you treat God, right? And mm-hmm. so and we know that Jesus was the fulfillment of of Israel's promise, but do we treat him like that? Do yeah. we treat him with the honor and reverence and respect that, that, that we should, that we see all throughout Old Testament Scripture? When people entered mm-hmm. into the temple they and God's presence fell, they trembled at his feet at his mm. presence, at his sight because of how yeah. awesome he was. And so, again, I echo what you're saying because we we are so consumed with all these other things. Meanwhile, we are carriers of the hope of the world and the presence and glory of God. And to me, I hope and pray, and I've been having these conversations a lot with other people, but I hope and I pray that if you're listening to this right now, that you don't just feel convicted and beat yourself up if you've been not listening to God or, or spending time with him, but that you just come to an awareness of his presence oh, yeah. that's around yeah. you right now. He's not looking to beat you up. He's not looking to show you how, you know, how much you're getting it wrong. He is just looking to reveal his face to you, his Amen. love, his grace, his mercy, his presence and surround you because what is in you is the hope of the world. And God's ultimate desire is for one day for there to be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death. And that's the reality that we're moving towards. And when God returns, that's the reality that we experience. Mm-hmm. A new heavens, a new earth, living amongst God, living amongst us. And and while we stand in the tension, although we look at the world and we don't see it the way we see, you know, we, we would hope it would be with God with us. We live in the middle of two ages right now, and we are supposed to be looking forward, not down, mm-hmm. right, but looking forward to what God has promised. So sorry to go on a tangent. I'm so glad that you brought That's that real. up, man. That's real. Uh, I mean, it's, and as soon as you <laughs> might feel that conviction, I mean, you know, the enemy is going to be like, oh, but... There's a new season of this. What? I mean, no, why don't you spend some time, you know, doing this or, yeah. or someone at work kind of made you upset. Let's dwell on that, you know, and that could be a combination of our own sinful nature um, at times as well. But I think, I think um, when we look at life and we look at the things that occupy our time and our mindset, me, especially man, this, this quarantine thing, I, I remember when everything happened initially, I was so shook up about it. And then I kind of thought, I was like, why am I so shook up about this? And the reality was because I didn't have the faith and trust in God that I should. Wow. I was like, I didn't I, like, I need to take care of my family. I need to make sure my wife is good. I need to make sure my kids are good, but really Jesus is going to take care of them. Mm-hmm. God is going to look after them. And really my, my role right now is to fall into his trust and lead my family into his trust wow. um, and to the tr- and trusting in him rather as I, I should phrase it like that. But, and then that was kind of an awakening and a revival moment for me to be like, Whoa, I am not, I am not where I, I need to be um, mentally. I need to have a, a stronger faith. I want a renewed faith and passion, you know? Um, so, yeah, I echo what you're saying. Don't feel bad and beaten up about it, but just acknowledge this, uh, yeah. this moment in time and yeah. um, take it as an opportunity, you know? Yeah, and, 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 and when, you're, when you realize that your mind's drifting, just drift it back because we have, we do live in a consumer-demanding world. Uh, we are... Uh, a part of a global consumer population. That's what America is. We're just filled with people who make choices all day long and that's, Mm -hmm. and they buy and they choose and they, you know, we, we, to the point where there's really no solid truth anymore. We just choose what we want to believe. And that's, Mm -hmm. and so there's so many choices that we have that our minds have, have, uh, almost become overloaded to where we can't focus on one thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, 
uh, it is a struggle to build your life spiritually when you're first beginning. I remember when I first started to try to pray, I would used to, I fell asleep all the time. And for my first year as a Christian, I always believed that oh maybe I'm just not supposed to pray. You know, uh, I, I I hear God walking around, but not in moments of silence or whatever. And and, yeah. and that was just me and a lack of discipline in my in my life of disciplining my life to be still and silent and quiet mm-hmm. to hear the voice of God. And some people it's going to take a lot of, of, of discipline to get yourself to be, to be silent. But as I would say, as a recommendation, if you're building your life, your prayer life up during these moments and you catch your mind distracted or you find yourself on Facebook or Instagram all day, I don't even know if people do Facebook anymore, wherever, whatever you're doing, <laughs> right. If you find yourself doing that, right. Just don't like, like, like uh Conde said, don't beat yourself up. Just, shift your mind back to the presence of absolutely. God. Absolutely, absolutely. And he is with you even in those moments, man. So, uh, well, man, my friend, we're we're kind of coming towards the end, but I don't want to get, I don't want to go too far without getting some practical stuff for the parents out there. We know that parents are having mm. a challenge. Uh, that's something that I don't necessarily have a whole lot to speak to because it's just me and my wife at this moment, but I know that you have a family, right? So uh, what are some, what would be some practical tips on, helping creating a spiritual atmosphere within the household mm. uh, in isolation. Yeah, I mean, a big part of it for us has been um, just um, Christian uh, books that we can read to our, our oldest daughter is about two and a half, almost three years old. So we just read a lot of Christian books to her. And, um, you know, you can't, at least in our opinion, uh, you know, this is our house, every house is different, but you can't escape TV entirely, especially when you have sure. one. Um, yeah. So just finding Christian programming. I remember... Uh, we have Amazon uh, Amazon Prime um, mm-hmm. is our like one one other subscription service and we pulled it up and we were like man there's just nothing on here and one day I was like you know what? did I ever really look for Christian programming and I looked and literally every Christian program that you could imagine solid stuff no you know no um, like Craziness. hidden messages exactly yeah. or nothing yeah. like that just really good quality Christian content wow. and it's awesome to see. When my daughter's playing, she's like, the bad man is coming. And I'm like, oh, no, she's been watching a show. The bad man is coming. She's like, because to get Joseph and Mary for Jesus. And I'm like, oh, "Oh my gosh. Like, you know, you know the story, you know. (laughs) Like a parent's dream right there. Yeah, exactly. It blows my hair back. But, yeah, that's that's a big part of it. Just Christian content, Christian books, um, you know, prayer. We do our devotions with our daughter as well for as much as she's able to handle. Um, And then. Uh, when we worship on the weekend, um, you know, we try and worship with her, do songs that are Christian focused and really just expose her to as much as we can. Because without going to a physical location at church where everyone's singing songs, she can act, interact with the other kids. It becomes a little bit tougher, but just keeping those themes consistent. And in the same way with content, you know, I'm going to be an advocate for children's content being almost if not more wicked than even adult content, because mm. there are messages in there to yeah. like not kids, listen to your parents or, YouTube you know, kids, YouTube kids. Uh, we've seen yeah. a lot of stuff on YouTube kids where it looks, if you're not, if you're not listening for to sure. what's being said, it yeah. looks so innocent. But if yeah. you get close to that iPad and you mm-hmm. start to hear what's being said, it's a whole different story. I, so I you got to be careful with that, yeah, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And then our youngest son, he's just a baby. So, you yeah. know, he's 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 actually bringing more of a spiritual element of calmness and joy than I nice. think <laughs> we could do on our own. So, uh, yeah, practically, I think those are some good ways. And just keep them engaged and interacted. Don't just put them on the TV, even if it's yeah. Christian TV sure. shows. That that love and that experience, you know, when you train up a child in the way they should go, um, you know, that that's something they'll stick with. And we've been experiencing that a lot firsthand. 
Love it, man. Love it. Well, hey, we're, we're, we're towards the end of the show, but I want you to leave our, our listeners with something. Maybe encourage them. What is the most important thing you think they need to hear right now in this moment of isolation? I think in this moment of isolation, as we look at everything in the Bible, we always see that a great revival is usually preceded by a great plague. So um, with this going on, just know that a revival is going to happen. And I think if you search your heart, you're going to see God speaking to you in a profound way for a time such as this. And when I look at the Bible and I see tragedy and calamity, I usually see a strengthening of the church. And um, I think this is more important and more pivotal than we could probably, or even I could place emphasis on. And I think in the coming years and coming months, we're going to see things in this country shift. We're going to see the world shift in a way that's that's really preparing for Jesus's second coming. So I'm so excited about that. And I hope that you are too. And just know that his, arm, his arms are open and he's ready and willing to receive you and give you the gift of eternal life. I think that's the most important thing, man. Amen. And I, and I, I second that thought. His arms are wide open for you Amen. right now. And even if you don't know Jesus, you don't need to go to church on Sunday. Open up your heart. Mm. Invite him in. Surrender your life to Jesus. Learn to follow his ways. Mm. Learn what he taught in the Bible. Put it into practice into your life, and you will experience transformation, healing, and deliverance that you've been needing in your life all along. Amen. Amen. Second that, man. Well, hey, Akande, love you, my brother. From Florida to California, man. (laughs) I I, I appreciate you, bro. Thank you for taking the time of being with me today. Uh, Praying blessings over you and your family, man. Love you. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to the Michael Carroll Discipleship Podcast. Make sure to share this episode with your friends and also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at mcarrollnow. Have a great day. Until next time.